The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Y'all are Bible-toting folk, aren't you? Believe in the Word of God, read the Word of God, dig into the Word of God, dive into the Word of God, bask in the Word of God so that the Word of God begins to change your life. I'm amazed how influenced we are by things that are going on around us, things that we're hearing, things that we're reading, things that we're seeing all the time. Whether you recognize it or not, people are constantly trying to influence you many times in wrong ways. And we have to allow the Word of God to be the foundation for our lives so that we dig into the Word of God so the promises, the revelation of who God is begins to get into our heart and life and begins to change us. You can believe whatever you want to. You can believe whatever you want to and God will let you believe whatever you want to. You don't get to choose the choices or the consequences of what it is that you believe. My wife and I went on a diet, and one of the things that we are so excited about this diet is we get to eat anything that we want. We just don't get to choose the consequences of eating anything that we want. I've recognized and began to understand over the years that my body retains ice cream. I can eat one bowl of ice cream and poof, I mean, it's just almost instantly. So what I've recognized and learned to understand is that I want to learn how to eat proper foods and the right proportion foods, and it begins to change my body. The same way in the spirit realm. If you want to connect into the revelatory goodness of God and let that get into your lives, uh, you'll be amazed at the abundant life that starts coming upon you, chasing you down, favor showing up. You're going, how on earth did this happen? And it's simply because the word is becoming alive in your heart and life. That's why I encourage you to engage in the service. Don't sit there and be thinking about dinner. Now that I've said that, that's all you'll be thinking about. But don't sit there and just think about dinner, what you're going to do this afternoon, the fun time you got planned. This is the time that God is going to speak to your life, some through my words, but really through his spirit, into your life and bring about life change in you. Are you ready to receive the word today? Amen. That wasn't my message. That's just the prequel. Luke chapter 15, if you have your Bibles. We've been in a series called A Father's Love where over the past several weeks we've been discovering about and talking about a father's love. We've been learning about a father's love. Man, Pastor Stephanie, I heard, did a phenomenal job. I heard that Pastor Randy, amen, did a phenomenal job. And you know, one of the things that we recognize as speakers is that it's really not about the messenger, it's about the message. It's easy for me to want to make it about me because I'm like y'all, I want to do well. But you know, when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, before when he was on his way to being crucified, they were all shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. You all remember that story in the Bible? He came in on a donkey. You know, if the donkey's sitting there, the donkey could be thinking, hey, look at me. They're cheering for me. Look at me. I'm all about... It wasn't about the donkey. You know that? It's always a great reminder to me. It's not about any of us donkeys, right? It's about Jesus. And when we begin to understand that, suddenly we become empowered to be the love of Jesus Christ, to share the love of Jesus Christ with everyone. So we're growing in this revelation of the love of the Father. Just so you know, this is not a revelation that you get and it's set forever. The reason is, is because there are conflicting voices in society, in your home, at work, in a variety of places that are trying to tell you things that are different than what the Word of God says. 
So when we get knocked off the revelation and we start thinking, I don't really know if God loves me anymore, we got to go, whoa, that's not the right thought. God, thank you that you love me perfectly. I believe in your love. I receive your love. And you got to confess it over your lives. Even when you don't feel it, you confess it until you start feeling it. Right? you got to fake it till you make it. Now, there probably isn't a more important issue as children of God than the revelation of the love of the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's an amazing thing to understand. If you're ever wondering, man, does God really love me? Because look what I'm going through. Look what this person said. Look what this person did. Look at my circumstances. Look at my situation. If you ever get in that place, stop and say, for God so loved the world that he gave. It'll change your life. A few weeks ago, I began looking at this parable in Luke chapter 15 that explains to you and I how perfectly how extravagantly our father loves us. And we call this parable the, the parable of the prodigal son, and we made it about the son when in reality, it's about the love of the father. It's about how perfectly this father loves both of his sons. So in Luke chapter 15, it says this. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Again, I want you to notice a couple of things. I talked a little bit about some of this a few weeks ago, but I want you to notice a couple of things. The first thing was that the younger son was asking for his inheritance before the father had died. He was saying, look, in a sense, go ahead and die. I'm rejecting you. I want my money now. I don't want to wait till you die. I want my money now. Now listen, it's okay when you go over to your mom and dad's house, if you're walking around the house and your mom and dad are talking to you about things that they want to give you when they leave this life and go into the next life, it's okay to say, you know what, I'd like to put my name on the back of that picture, right? I know some of you kind of freaks you out going, oh, I don't think I want to talk about that quite yet. But it happens in, in my family's life, my wife specifically and Lori, they go around and say, this is the thing I'll take, this thing I'll take, and that's okay, all right? But it's not okay to say, look... I want it now, right? There's a, there's a real sense of rejection that this father is actually getting from his youngest son. Now, this is not good in any culture, but it's especially bad in the Jewish culture because in the Jewish culture, they're really taught, as I believe we should today, to really honor parents. Amen. So notice that the father is being rejected by his younger son. The second thing that I want you to notice is that even though the younger son was the one asking for the inheritance, the Bible says that he divided his livelihood to them. He, He divided it to both of his sons. Now, what's really interesting, again, about this in Jewish culture is that as the oldest son, any oldest sons here today? You're the oldest son in your family. This is pertaining to us. They got a double portion. The old, the, amen. The, the oldest son's got two portions to the younger son only getting one portion, which is pretty awesome, which makes the behavior of the older son, which is what we're going to talk about today, especially odd. Now, I read this parable last time, so I just want to kind of quickly kind of pick you up in the story of where we're at, okay? Because the son gets this inheritance from his father, and not many days later, the Bible says, he goes off into the far-off country, and there he wastes his wealth on riotous living, meaning he doesn't take it, he's not planning a business, he's not trying to think about how he can live, he's taking all of his inheritance, and he is just partying, okay? It must have been quite a party, all right? Because he is taking all of his inheritance... And he's spending it on riotous living. Now, 
when you're not wise with your money, eventually your money runs out, right? And when his money ran out, his friends ran out. In other words, when his money was gone, his friends picked up and left and ran out, all right? So what happens also is that a famine comes into the land and suddenly there's, there's, he's in want, the Bible says, and so he attaches himself to a citizen of that country, meaning he says, I'll take a job, and his job is to go feed the pigs. Now just so you know, for anybody this would be horrible, right? I would not want to be the person that is feeding the pigs, but especially for a Jewish young man, this is a horrible, horrible job. He is so hungry that as he's feeding the pigs, the pig's food looks good to him. Now, as Americans, we can't actually understand that, right? Because we can go to McDonald's or whatever fast food restaurant and get something like this. But suddenly, the pig's food is beginning to look, to, look good to him. The Bible says that finally he comes to his senses. He comes to himself. Moms and dads and fellow followers of Jesus Christ. If you have children, if you have friends in your life that seem to be like the prodigal son and they've gone off into the far off country, don't send money after them in the far off country. Don't let them go because if they continue to seek after God or God continues to move in their lives, there's going to come a time when they're going to come to their senses. It may not happen as fast as you want, but don't, don't try to become the Holy Spirit and nag them into doing right. Amen? The Bible says that finally he comes to himself and he decides to go home. Now, as he's deciding to go home, what he's decided is that I'm really not worthy to be a son. Therefore, I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask the dad to help me or to allow me to become a hired servant. So as he's on his way home, there's five things that we see in verse 20 that the father does for the son that our heavenly father does for you and I when, not if, but when you and I wander off. Verse 20 says this, and he arose and came to his father, this is the youngest son, and when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now again, I want you to notice these five things because the first thing that we see is that the father saw him. I want you to know that sometimes you may feel abandoned by God, but God always sees you. He always sees you. And how does he see you? With compassion. It's not judgmental. He's not sitting there looking at you going, are you serious? You're there again? I can't believe you're there again. What on earth were you thinking? He sees him with compassion. What does his compassion compel him to do? He ran. Again, in this culture, older men did not run. They didn't. They walked. They tried to be as regal as they possibly could. Tried to walk with dignity of their position as elders in the community. But this dad runs. Do you know why he ran? Because our feet tend to follow our heart. If you ever are wondering where your heart is, just look at what it is you're saying. Look at what it is you're doing because our actions, our feet tend to follow our heart. And then he fell on his neck. Means he embraced him. He gave him a big old bear hug. Listen, sometimes we have issues with family members. Sometimes things happen with family. Have you all discovered that? And then you go to a family reunion and that person that you had the issue with is there. In that moment, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and just be real awkward and go, you know, should I go over and talk to them? No, I'm going to wait for them to talk to me. They're the one that said the wrong thing. They're the one that did the wrong thing, right? 
That's what this dad could have easily have done. This son, he needs to grovel for a while. And if he'll grovel, then I'm, no, he didn't do it. He ran and he gave him a bear hug. Can I tell you, bear hugs break the ice. I'm telling you, it'll freak somebody out. Somebody that you have, somebody that has aught with you, because I know y'all don't have aught with anybody, right? <laughs> Nervous laughter. When somebody has aught with you, they're, they're angry with you, they're disappointed with you. When you see them, run up and give them a big bear hug. Say, man, it is so good to see you. He embraces him, and then the Bible says that he began to kiss him. And this word kiss means that he kissed him earnestly and repeatedly. Remember, this guy smells like pigs. See, this is what our Heavenly Father does for each one of us. He's looking for us. He's looking for you all the time. He's constantly, when you've gotten off in a bad situation and you made some bad choices because it didn't feel comfortable in the Father's house anymore. You thought, man, where life really is is out there. Let me go live out there. When you've left out there, the Father's looking for you all the time and he's looking with compassion. If you'll begin to come back, he'll run to you. See, the Bible says that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Is that because God has left us and God's sitting back there going, okay, if you want to draw near, then I'll draw near? No, he's always in pursuit of us. And when we turn around and quit moving away from him, suddenly as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. He'll embrace you. He'll tell you how wonderful you are. He'll be kissing on you and loving on you. Think about that, moms and dads, how you did that with your kids, especially when they were tiny. I know sometimes through teenage years we forget to do that kind of stuff. I still like to kiss my boys on the cheek, especially in public, to embarrass them. But especially when they're kids, man, you just can't help but sugar on them. It's what our Heavenly Father does with us. So the younger son comes home and he doesn't even get a chance to get out his rehearsed speech about how he's no longer worthy to be a son. And he's asking to be made like a servant because the father quickly tells the servant, hey, bring the best robe. He didn't just say bring a robe. He said bring the best robe. Let's put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. By the way, all of those things are very symbolic to sonship. I'm going to talk about them next week. And then he said, it's time to party. Now, how many of you are here today and you actually like to party? Now, I, I want to qualify that. I'm not talking about being rip-roaring drunk or taking drugs or anything like that. But I'm talking about you like to party, you like to have fun. You like to hang out with people that are fun. You got some friends that are fun? Or do you like to hang out with people that are depressing? He throws a party. So let's pick up the story in verse 25. So we've been talking about the younger son. Now we're going to look at the older son. It says, now his older, his older son was in the field. And he came and drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing. Notice that he heard music and dancing. See, that's why we call this morning's service a celebration service and why there is to be music and dancing. So anytime you're in the middle of worship and maybe you grew up in a very you know, strict religious kind of church where you, know, you didn't respond, that's okay. It really is. But man, maybe every once in a while you start going, oh man, I don't know what it is, but man, my foot just can't help but move. And you just start tapping a foot and you start wanting to kind of lift a hand. You know, you can kind of start right about here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't think anybody can see me doing this. But Lord, I love you. Before you know it, you'll find yourself doing this and then you'll be doing this and all these other kind of dance moves. Because the, the house of God, the Father's house, is to be a place where there's music and dancing. It's a celebration. Verse 26. So he called one of the servants and 
servants, this is the older brother again, and he asked what these things, talking about music and dancing, meant. Let me submit to you today that if you don't understand Christianity as a celebration, if you don't understand the good news, which means the gospel, or means good news of Jesus Christ as good news, then I have to submit to you today that you may not know Christ. You, you may be lost and have never received him as Savior, or you might have recently done that, but you don't intimately know Christ. And somewhere along the way, somebody put in your mind that living the Christian life means you've got to give up this, you've got to stop doing this, it's all these do's and don'ts, I can't, I can't, I can't, instead of I get to, 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 I get to. Or you have the mindset of the older brother. Unfortunately, today, there's a, a lot of people in churches today that are filled with the mindset of the older brother. It's about religious activity. It's about when the pastor preaches, his voice must change. And he must use thou's and verily's when he preaches. We've got to recognize it's a celebration. Do you understand what it means to celebrate? I know what the enemy does to us, though. Sometimes we walk into a service and we've not had our best weeks. Right? Maybe last night you didn't have your best day. And you've got up this morning and you blew it. You said the wrong things, did the wrong things, acted the wrong way. And now you've come into the presence of God and you want to worship God. But the enemy's sitting there going, don't you dare lift your hands. God will strike you dead instantly. <laughs> right? And he begins to tell us all these lies. And sometimes we buy into the lies. And instead of coming into the presence of God going, man, God, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In spite of what I did last night, the behavior's not good. Like the sun going off the far of country, there's horrible consequences for sinning. All right? Want to be clear about that? But you're thankful that God has taken care of all that sin. And that today you can come and you can celebrate with your father. You can come and partay with your father in ways that you won't have to be praying to the porcelain God in the morning, right? So the servant said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. There was a young boy once in children's church who was asked, who was sorry when the prodigal son came home? Well, obviously the real answer is the prodigal son, but this young boy said the fatted calf. <laughs> you got killed? Okay. All right. Let's read on. But he, again, talking about the older brother, was angry and would not go in. Now, I want you to notice that this is the first time that we see anger in this parable. When should have there been anger in our mindset? When the father was rejected, right? When the son asked for that, there should have been anger. He should have blown up. He should have thrown some things around the room for a while, right? He should have stomped off, slammed some doors, told that son, oh yeah, you want to leave? You go ahead and leave, right? Then when the son comes back, he's blown it. One third of this man's inheritance or estate he had given to his this son, one third of it as his inheritance. He totally blew it. In our minds, we're thinking the father should be mad, right? He's being rejected. But he wasn't. What's the father do? It's time to party. Can I tell you, people and relationships are always more important than things and behavior. Let me say that again. Next time you start to pick up a stone and throw, throw it at somebody for their wrong behavior, 
Now listen, that doesn't mean that we don't talk in loving ways to one another about wrong behavior because wrong behavior will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you want to pay. But people are always more important than things and behavior. When we become so consumed with the love of our Father, we cannot help but give that love away. So this older son is, is angry. Again, there's always celebration going on in the father's house, and the Bible says that he would not go in. Watch the love of this father again. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. You know, he could have left him out there. Okay, yeah, just get over it, buddy. He goes out and he pleads with him. Verse 29, so he answered and said to his father, Lo. Now, just so you know, Lo is not the father's name. This is not about a Chinese family. This is the low there is old English for behold. And what the younger son is trying to say is, hey, dad, sit up and take notice of what I'm about to say. Behold, right? Lo, behold, these many years I have been serving you. Now, wait a second. Doesn't that sound familiar? Isn't this what the younger son wanted to come back and do? That he wanted to come home but he felt like he, wasn't, he was no longer worthy to be a son. So he wanted to say to his father, make me like one of your hired servants. But the father wouldn't even let him finish. Listen, God's never going to allow you to earn what it is that he wants to freely give to you. He's an extravagant God who loves to do good things for his children. Why did they keep trying to earn what the father had already lavishly given to them? Or better yet for us today, why do we keep trying to earn what our heavenly father has lavishly given to you and I? Why do we keep trying to perform in order to earn all the promises of our heavenly father that he's already freely given to us? Why do we continue to believe that our behaviors have disqualified us when our behaviors never qualified us in the first place? Now, I want to say it again. I am against sin. I'm against doing wrong behavior, but not for the reason you think. The reason why I'm against it is because it damages us. Jesus already took care of all of your sin. And it's, and it's bad on us, so when we fail and we miss the mark, that's the moment that we need to stand back up and say, God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving me perfectly today. Thank you, Father, that all of your wrath against the sin that I just committed was poured out on Jesus Christ so that I might know life and have life more abundantly. Our behavior never, ever, ever has qualified us, nor will it ever qualify us. Right believing leads to right living. When you believe right, you'll live right. See, we think this story was about the prodigal son, but it's really about the prodigal father. It, it's interesting, if you look up the word prodigal in the dictionary, I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary, there are two definitions for the word prodigal. And the first one is this, spending money or resources freely and recklessly. That's the prodigal son. The second one is having or giving something on a lavish scale. That's the prodigal father. So though this Though we've made this story about the wayward son, it's really about the extravagant love of the father. It's about how perfectly your heavenly father loves you. 
But the older son continues with his diatribe and he says this in verse 29. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. How many of you know that's not true? He probably just never got caught, so he's able to say that right now. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my father. Notice that it's not with his father, but with his friends. And I bring this up so that you can see that the elder son's heart really wasn't with his father. He he didn't really understand the love of the father and was so connected to that love that, man, that's who he wanted to hang out with. That's who he wanted to party with. For whatever reason, this son got in his mind that he had to continue to perform, to do all the right things. And if he did all the right things, then his father's going to love him. And it happens to you and I today in our walk with Jesus Christ and in our relationship with our heavenly father. We keep thinking, if I just perform, if I can just do this, then I'll be blessed. God says you're already blessed. There is a blessing in obedience but I want you to know today that you're blessed because of what Jesus has done not because of your performance since you didn't even give me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends but as soon as this son of yours came notice he didn't say my brother I think as parents we understand this whenever my boys used to get in trouble Pam would always tell me let me tell you what your son did today Right? Anytime they're doing wrong, they're my sons. Now, now I do that too. Hey, babe, let me tell you what your sons did today. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Now watch the father's response. And he said to him, the father said to him, son, you are always with me. See, he, he was looking at the son going out and do the, doing the riotous living as, wow, that would have been the awesome life. Man, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have been sick after drinking too much. I wish I could do wrong things because I took drugs. I wish I could have illicit sex because, yeah, it leads to all these diseases. You're always with me. You're you're in this safe environment. You're under the protection of my wings. And all that I have is yours. Look, the father is saying to him, look, you can have more than a goat. Okay, you don't have to beg and plead for a goat. All that I have is yours. And, and the Father, our Heavenly Father, says that to you and I today. We've got to quit begging Him for things that He's already promised. Because all that He has is ours today. But it was right, verse 32, that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Do you see how loving this father is? And do you understand how loving our heavenly father is? This father's love is amazing that even though he was rejected by his younger son, and even though the older son didn't understand all that the father had done and was doing for him, he still had a heart that was full of love for his sons. This is how loving and good our heavenly father is. And this is why he deserves our full devotion to follow after him. Listen to this. We need to quit trying to fit God into our plans and start walking in the revelation of his perfect love and follow after his plans. Let me ask you today, who do you think's plans are better for your life, you or God? If you understand his love, you know it's his. And so you're all the time, let me get into the word. Let me understand your plan for my life. 
Let me show up to hear the word. Let me talk about the word. Let me get in a Bible study in a connect group so I can know the word because I know that God's got great plans for my life. I want to discover what it is. See, I know there's some things that have happened in our lives that really are a challenge to this revelation of the love of God. There's sometimes just some bad things. We live in a fallen world. There there are people around us who do not know Jesus Christ. And because of that, there's ramifications that sometimes affect us. And sometimes some of those bad things are a challenge to the revelation of God's love. But it's how we respond in our heart to the things that we don't understand that really is the greatest revelation of how well we understand the Father's love. See, are you allowing circumstances and situations in your life to define and determine how God loves you? Or in the midst of the storm, are you able to remain steady and steadfast? As you're in the boat, as it's storming, you're just grabbing a hold of Jesus and saying, thank you, Lord, that you promised me in your word that we're going to the other side. There's a story in Luke chapter 24 about how Jesus, after his resurrection, he's on this road to Emmaus, and he comes upon two of his disciples, and he begins walking with them. And if you read the full story 